Hey love, my name is Brittany Pollard and you are now rocking with the Everyday Intentions podcast, your source for real conversation centered around stepping into your personal power one intention at a time. This podcast is all about owning our voice, taking up space, expressing ourselves and moving through life at our own pace. You are invited to the magic. So let's roll. You are now listening to episode number seven, Reclaiming Your Sovereignty with Mandy Shakatano. Mandy is a woman who is really, really special in my world, and she's someone who I met through a coaching program back in 2017. The coaching program was remote, and she and I, I think, were the only ones in LA, and so we just knew that we had to connect. And upon connecting, that's just been my homegirl ever since. So I was just really excited to bring her on the podcast because she has this really, really amazing energy to her. She is one of those women who is truly led by her heart and she truly, truly cares about the information she shares and the clients that she works with. And so in this episode, we talked about the whole idea of sovereignty and reclaiming it and stepping into it. And that just really means stepping into your personal power. And I thought this was a brilliant conversation to have because if you have been following along with the podcast, you'll know that I'm in the process of creating a series where I break down that big word self-care and just talk about how it's not just about rewards that we give ourselves. It's not just a material reward that we give ourselves, but it is very practical, actionable steps that we need to introduce into all areas of our lives to make sure that we're moving from a place of alignment. We're living from a place of alignment. And so in talking about like reclaiming our personal power, I really felt like this episode, it, it kind of gives you like a 360 approach to what self-care can look like in your life. Because when we talk about stepping into our own personal power, that requires us following clues. It requires us taking action. It requires us up-leveling in so many different areas. As we do that, we get more solid in who we are. So I just see it as this this ever-evolving will where the more that we work in our own power and clearing out the parts of us that don't serve us and getting closer to our truth the more self-care practices we start to introduce by doing that the more stronger we become and the more solid our foundations are so this was a really good episode this was (laughs) this was a hell of an episode to edit um it was it was just a day there were a lot of things happening in our background so i did put some bloopers at the end of it which you can catch a laugh at it's summertime kids were over you've got some screaming in the background and hey that's just life (laughs) so i'm so excited for you to listen to this because mandy gives some really amazing practical tools if you have a notebook i encourage you to pull it out so that you can write down some of the stuff because this was one of those really 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 juicy episodes So to give you some background on Mandy, she's a certified life coach and speaker who specializes in helping overgiving service-driven women avoid burnout and serve themselves and others better through establishing boundaries, reclaiming personal power, hint, hint, and discovering where they begin. Her coaching style is a unique blend of the soulful and the practical, 
balancing deep self-inquiry with practical action steps to create greater clarity, action, and results. She uses tools like breathwork, meditation, journaling, and cacao to eliminate patterns of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and not feeling good enough, and helps women come home to themselves and create and communicate loving boundaries. Now let's go ahead and jump into the episode. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Intentions podcast. My name is Brittany Pollard, and I am the host of the show. And I'm so excited once again. (laughs) I feel like I'm always excited because I have some really great guests on the show. And today I have a woman who I absolutely love and adore, and she's one of the closest people to me, and she just brings out the best of me. And it's always beautiful to have those friendships with people who just really, really want to see you win, and I'm so grateful to have her in my corner. And so today I'm introducing you guys to my friend, Mandy Shakatano. Welcome to the podcast. You're going to make me start crying before we even start. When I was on the way over here today, I was actually thinking about how you're one of my inner circle people too, that I feel like the most safe to be 100% real with. So I'm really excited that we get to chat today and that we get to share all the cool stuff that we talk about on a regular basis with other people. (laughs) Yeah. Aw, thanks, boo. That warms my heart so much. Yeah, we we have some lit conversations behind the scenes, so I'm excited to bring one of them like to the forefront and share it with the world. So before we jump into the episode, I do have one question that I want to ask you, and it is what or who inspires you and why? I feel like depending on when you ask, every different day I'd have a different answer (laughs) because one of my goals is to really find inspiration everywhere Mm. and to get inspired by the small little details of my life that we're normally looking over or downplaying and just really suck up the juice and the spirituality of every moment. But I think one that I always come back to is connection. And I like to think of connection in in three different kind of pillars. One is my connection with myself. One is my connection with God or the universe or source energy. Mm-hmm. And then the last is connection with other people. Mm. And that's just such a huge priority in my life. And when all three of those are working well and I'm feeling connected in all three of those places, I feel like... I'm just on fire and I can't, I just can't do anything wrong. (laughs) I love that girl. This can be a whole nother podcast episode. I know (laughs) because before we started recording, we were talking about where you were talking about how spirituality can be found in any and everything that we do. And it doesn't have to be going to like a destination trip to feel inspired. And just like, you can find those moments in your life, in your everyday life. So, okay, before we move forward, I just want to talk about that a little bit more. So if if there's someone who is like, hmm, that sounds interesting, how do I find spirituality? How do I access that in little moments of my life? What type of advice do you have for them? Hmm, well, I think the first step is to get really clear and really honest about what is in your space and what are the messages that you're getting about what spirituality is supposed to look like. Because I feel like spirituality has been hijacked by capitalism. Yes, yes. At this point, everybody's trying to sell you something so that you can be more spiritual or that you could connect more spiritually. And you really don't need any of that. Mm -hmm. I think spirituality is really about getting really in tune with yourself and getting really in alignment with the energies of love and gratitude. Mm 
And you can find love and gratitude almost anywhere. You know, I just feel so overwhelmed sometimes with gratitude (laughs) at the smallest things, like even just having this clean water here to drink and being able to turn on the faucet and there's water there. Yeah. Like there's so many billions of people in this world that don't have that. And so the simple act of washing my dishes can be a spiritual experience because I'm looking at that thinking, wow, I turn on this tap, there's water coming out. I'm using this to clean my dishes. It's such a blessing. It is such a blessing. And so when I tune in, then I can really experience not only the gratitude for it, but the gift in it. And then I like to play this little game where I turn on all five of my senses. (laughs) Ooh, go into that. It's it's sort of like a presence practice, but I find it to be a spiritual practice as well because it really like helps you be in the fullness of the moment. So if you're standing at your sink washing your dishes and you tune into the feeling of the water on your hands and maybe the temperature of it, and then you tune into the sounds that are around you and like that kind of white noise of the water running that's sort of meditative yeah right yeah and that's really like it it gets you feeling good and then you can tune into like what are the smells that are around you and it just really drops you more fully into the moment and helps you just feel whole and full and present with what is right there and then gratitude comes more easily because I think gratitude is another one of those hijacked spiritual terms that Mm -hmm. can be really forced yeah like I would never just sit down and write a gratitude list anymore (laughs) remember we used to do that oh my god we We used to be accountability (laughs) partners so we would wake up every (laughs) single morning and we would write a list of things that we're grateful for and text each other and it it was beautiful in the Mm -hmm. moment it served its purpose right especially when you're new and you're starting off and you're getting used to this work I think for me it was just healing to shift my perspective instead of waking up feeling like rushed or I got to do this this and that just taking that moment to just right to just Mm -hmm. like breathe and just think about what I'm grateful for and all the things that I have in my life that that was really good for me but I can see where it can just become like another thing to do but you don't really feel exactly like you have to let yourself have that moment rather than thinking of it as something I just got to check off my list and oh Mm -hmm. I got to come up with five oh Brittany sent me 10 yesterday maybe I should do 12 today (laughs) and you're like struggling to come up with something (laughs) that's not spiritual and that's not really gratitude that's just you being an overachiever and like trying to keep up appearances and so that's like the opposite effect so it's really like checking your heart and Mm -hmm. asking you know where is this coming from what am I actually doing here am I really feeling gratitude in my body or is this just like yeah I'm thankful for my food sure you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) like when your parents force you to say grace when you're a kid before dinner (laughs) you're like God is good God is great (laughs) I would be like grace (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious but I love that I love how just in you sharing that we have access to all of that no matter where we are no matter what we're doing it's just kind of being slow and I love how you mentioned like tapping into it with all of your senses like that is so amazing oh girl thank you so much for sharing that and before we go any further I actually want you to introduce yourself to our listeners because we just this is this is what we do we We just just skip that part We just dive right in. So we're going to peel it back a little bit. And I would love for you to just share with our listeners who you are, what you're about, what you do. Yeah, 
go ahead and take it. This is why I need you in my life because you always sort of dial me back when I'm just like going full force <laughs> and going so hard. I'm a parachute. <laughs> you really do. You do that for me for sure. Um, so yeah, so I am a life coach. I'm a certified life coach and I love working with women who are just these service-hearted nurturers um, women who tend to maybe overgive a little bit. Mm. And my work is really centered around helping women figure out where they begin, reclaim their edges, and find that place of personal power and boundaries and worthiness so that they can actually serve others and themselves better and love others and themselves better mm. when they're standing kind of firmly in their sovereignty. So, yes. That's the work that I do now, um, but it's been a long journey <laughs> to get here. <laughs> You've seen a lot of it. Um, and my story, I guess, like I started as a little kid. I was just like a real serious little kid. I was a little adult as a child. I just felt everything so deeply. I honestly can't remember a time when I wasn't worried about what other people were thinking and feeling and, you know, trying to be what they wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that really led to me being so socially awkward. Like I didn't know anything about being an empath and emotions and that sort of thing. And so I just didn't really know how to relate to other kids. Yeah. And so I just assumed that people wouldn't like me. Or you're the labeled the sensitive one. Or, yeah, you yeah. cry too much. You're too intense. You're too deep. Like, all you want to do is read. Like, I like. I would just sit in the classroom at recess and write poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I was a super nerd, and so yeah, I found it really hard to relate to other kids. And then, as I got older, that really sort of rolled into this sort of overachieving perfectionism disordered eating patterns, just like mm, yeah. all the things to try and control the perception that other people would have of yeah. me. Cause I wanted to be liked and I wanted to fit in and I really wanted people to see my heart. But what I didn't realize was that by doing all those things and chasing all of the accolades and the titles and making everything look perfect, I actually wasn't showing them my heart. I was showing them the version of me that I thought they wanted to see. Mm, yeah. But that was really hard for me to witness and understand in that period of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that I did all that. I ended up graduating college, moving into the Dominican Republic, and I was in the nonprofit industry for a while because I always just really wanted to serve other people. And I just thought that's what you did. Like, that's how you did it nonprofits that just makes sense right, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it so hard for me to choose a path within the nonprofit industry like yes I was in international development but within that like I started in public health and then I was with uh, women's rights and then education and then environment like environmental issues and I just and couldn't just like spread everywhere. I couldn't pick anything like everything <laughs> about just like justice and equality and <laughs> all of that stuff has always fired me up yeah so I had a really hard time narrowing it down I was in like kind of a toxic work situation 
also, I was still in that cycle of perfectionism and people pleasing and just not feeling good enough. I had so many pieces of paper. I have a master's degree. I have a postgraduate certificate. I have all these things. <laughs> the Jill of all trades. Huh? Yes. <laughs> but honestly, it was one of those scenarios of, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where you feel like you are simultaneously too much and not enough. Oh, yeah. I, I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. That was like the paradox of my life. And that is a painful place to be mm-hmm. because it's a no win situation. Yeah. And so I really struggled with depression and anxiety. I probably have seen every kind of therapist in the world <laughs> dating back to when I was like 13 years old. <laughs> in addition to all of your different job titles, you had yes. all kinds of therapists that you were all the therapy. <laughs> um, And, you know, it took a real, like, kind of reckoning moment. It was back in 2015 Mm -hmm. when I just couldn't deny that my life wasn't working for me anymore. I just didn't feel good in my life. Like, nothing about waking up in the morning inspired me or made me feel good. All I wanted to do is keep sleeping. Mm. I didn't like my job. Nothing was inspiring me. It was just, like, a bad situation to be in. Yeah. And so I had been feeling this hit of intuition for a long time mm-hmm. that was saying, leap in the net will appear. That doesn't make a lot of sense, especially right. because I had the life on paper. I was like, I was, had worked my way up in this organization. I was working for the former president of the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. I was living in this beautiful sky rise building with a view of New York City. I had all the material things. Um, everything was checked off. Everything was checked off. Except your happiness. Yeah. (laughs) And to just like quit my job was really bold because I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was next. I just had to sort of lean into full-time faith. Yeah. (laughs) Trust myself, trust that it would work out and let myself just be in a space of change in the unknown. which is so scary. (laughs) It is scary. Oh my goodness. So that's where the new me started. (laughs) (laughs) And it really started with um, the first life coach that I hired. I honestly had no idea what a life coach was. I didn't know anything about the personal development industry. Mm -hmm. I actually hired this coach because I was doing some freelance work and I had a network marketing business. And for all my degrees, I didn't know the first thing about business. And so I thought I was hiring someone that was going to help me turn those things into a career that would support me and, okay. yeah. and earn the living I wanted to earn. Um, but it's never actually about the thing that we think it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so with my business coach, we ended up doing a lot of like deep personal work. And I just had like a beautiful light bulb moment in that experience where I was like, oh, I could do this. Like I can see myself doing this. And if I do this, then I could be touching the lives of people who are actually working and impacting in all of the different areas that I care about. Ooh, I don't have to choose education or environment or women's issues or whatever. I can do all of it by helping the people who are leaders in their industries and their zones of genius and their passion. Yeah. And that's really what has fueled me is feeling like I get to have an impact on all the things I care about by impacting the leaders who are doing the work in those areas. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's huge. And that's a part of the ripple effect. And I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful, too, because you're allowing those people who are in the seats of those positions doing the work with those agencies, you're allowing them to fully step up and show up and, you know, be in their passion and ignite their fire, too, by result of working with you. So I love that, girl. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for giving me the space to share my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a heck of a story. And like the reason why I love you too is because you're someone who is just so embodied mm-hmm. and it's so easy to say that we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but when it comes to it, like most people stop and they're like, Ooh, I'm actually more comfortable just being where I'm at. So the fact that you quit your cushy job, right? Your, your cushy job in your high rise and this girl moved from New York all the way to California without Truth. a plan. It's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you shared that part, Some but would call she, that irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Manny didn't just go for it, Josh. She went for all of it. <laughs> but I love it. And I love that you are like just your story in itself is giving so many people permission to really step back and view their lives and be like, yes, I have all the things, but am I truly happy? And what is my happiness worth? And can I really do this? And the answer is we can. Even if it's scary, even if it takes us some time to get up and like, you know, hit the ground running, whatever it is, it's like we totally can do that. So I love that your story really highlights that. And you're really honest about like what it took to make those changes, too. Well, and I want to pull on that thread, too, that this was not an overnight success story by any means. Mm, So I don't want anyone to think that they can quit their job tomorrow and then their life is going to be great the next day. That's (laughs) not necessarily how it works. Like I said, this happened for me back in 2015, and I spent a couple of years in the murkiness, and it's been a long path of working it out. And, you know, I think everyone's path is different. For me, I needed to leave that situation and completely start from scratch in Mm. order to be where I am. But I don't think that it has to be like that. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of people who will, you know, stay in their day job or stay in their their patterns and their lifestyle and their home, whatever it is, until they have built the confidence and built the foundation to be able to take a big step. So, you know, I think everyone's path is different and I just sort of want to highlight, I don't want to sell any false expectation. <laughs> Thank that, you for that distinction because I was yeah. doing that. I'm like, quit your job. <laughs> Do not quit your jobs. But yeah, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but I think what it what is important about my story is that I let myself be in the unknown. Mm, yes. Which I think is what holds a lot of people back from taking the bold moves is because they don't know. Yeah. And the only way to get through that is really digging into who you are, digging into like yourself and your self-trust. And digging into your spirituality and just having faith, full-time faith, all day, every day, that everything is working out for you. (laughs) And that when you are following your heart, when you're following your path, you're not going to be led wrong. Mm -hmm. And that the challenges are there because they're supposed to be there. But that things are going to end up working out and you're going to have more joyful moments than painful moments because you're following that path that is the one that's meant for you. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I think along the lines, because you mentioned like digging into who you are, right? So for someone who is contemplating, 
you know, just making any type of life change. It doesn't even have to be career. And they know what they want, but they're afraid of that unknown, that murkiness. What type of advice do you have for them? Like when they decide to take that step, like what can, what can you say about like being in that murkiness and like discovering and digging and unearthing who they are? Mm. This is tricky (laughs) because the thing about identity is that we truly find our freedom when we allow ourselves to be fluid and evolving, Mm -hmm. but it's important to also have something to ground into that we can then use to set our boundaries and chart our course. So I think pretty much where I start all the time with my clients, and this is a process that could take months. So again, not something that you're going to just journal a few times in a week and be done with. (laughs) It can be fast, um, but it could be longer. So no expectations there. But I think this process is really about what I call like defining where you begin. Mm, So I start with taking a look at what are your values? What do you stand for? Then we take a look at what is sacred to you? What's important to you? What are your gifts and what do you want to share in the world? And what are the dreams and visions and things that excite you? And that sort of square of things, I think, really forms sort of the heart and soul of who we are. And Mm. once we're clear on those things, even if it's just for this moment in our life, then we can sort of create the structures and the boundaries around our lives that are going to allow us to chart the course in the direction of what we want and what's going to serve our highest good. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. And I feel like just pulling on that, a lot of people they need to do this practice. So if you're listening to this, I would recommend you follow the advice of what Mandy just shared, because a lot of times we don't know what we want. We know what we don't want, right? Mm -hmm. We can easily identify that because those are the things that are showing up for us when we're not in alignment. So we might be living a life where we work in a job that we don't enjoy, or we're with a partner who doesn't really match us. And you know, we just feel overextended and stressed and we don't like the feeling of that. So we know what we don't want, but our solution to that can't just be to zone out and numb out with social media, with addictions to whatever you are, you, whatever your choice is. Um, but really the remedy of that is just really sitting down and taking space and be like, okay, what do I actually like? What do I care about? Like that in itself can be so healing. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love how you phrase that as defining where you begin. That's beautiful. Well, I think too, if you don't know what you want, that's totally okay. Yeah. You can give yourself permission to be in that space. And I think where you go from there is asking, how do I want to feel? Okay. And just start with the feelings. And because there's so many different things that can bring you those feelings. So start with how you want to feel and then something else. This is a little bit, this is something I was talking about earlier today, but often we think that we don't know what we want simply because we haven't given ourselves permission to dream. Mm. And usually that points back to us feeling like we don't have the privilege of dreaming. We're not worthy of dreaming. It's selfish. It's irrational it's illogical, whatever it is. We have all these stories around it. So we just haven't let ourselves go there. Yeah. Okay. I totally love what you were just talking about there. Can you just go deeper into what it means to give ourselves permission to dream? 
Yes. And I actually absolutely love this topic because I think that our dreams and our visions are often a part of ourselves that remains unclaimed. Ooh. So part of what I'm really hot on is this idea of sovereignty, which I like to think of as me taking full ownership, full responsibility of everything in my space, past, present, future, good and bad. (laughs) You know, if I'm going to be the queen of my space, that means I need to own my stuff. Yeah. And part of that is owning my vision and owning my dream and feeling worthy of that and having the, having the capacity to claim it Mm -hmm. because that's part of me too. That's part of who I am. It makes up the whole and the fullness of who I am and it deserves to be claimed. And so I think giving ourselves permission to dream that is prefaced by this idea of digging in and making sure that we feel that worthiness, right? That we're giving ourselves enough love and that we're claiming the parts of ourselves that we've been neglecting so that we feel like we can step up for our dreams. Oh, this is every, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simply because this podcast is all about just like taking back ownership. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love that so much. And you mentioned worthiness a couple of times mm-hmm. there. So I really, really, really want to dive into that because it's easy for, I feel like it's easy for us to have dreams and visions, but when it comes to taking those actionable steps to put them out into the real real world, that's where that worthiness comes in and just Mm -hmm. completely blocks us. And we get into comparison and we're like, oh, well, I have the same dream as this person, but I don't think I can do it as well as they do it. So I might as well not even try. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's dig into that because I feel like that is a hot, hot, hot topic that so many of us struggle with. I mean, even me too, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, I'm always keeping it 100 on this podcast. Um, and I, I struggle with comparison and worthiness and whatnot. And I want you to dig into that. So talk to us more about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I 100% still struggle with it too. And I think part of it is noticing where we're struggling with it and mm-hmm. peeling it back and and figuring out what is the story that we're telling ourselves about it. Okay. Because often the stories that we're telling ourselves are not true with a capital T. So you are I, just come. Maybe you're just <laughs> coming with the lesson. I hope y'all got a notebook or something because I'm over here writing. <laughs> I want to make up. I want to make up another word because I feel like English needs to have more words. (laughs) (laughs) Mandy is coming through with the lessons on this podcast. I love it so much. So okay, yes. So keep going. Truth with a capital T. Okay, is something that is unchanging. It's one Mm -hmm. of the impermeable truths of the universe. So what would that be? So a truth with a capital T would be something that is just indisputable. Like the fact that you're a mother, for example. You're always going to be a mother. That's something that won't change. Or the fact that I am from Virginia. That's a truth with a capital T. It's just, it's it's a truth. It's a fact. There's no meaning attached to that fact. It's just a fact. Okay. Truth with a lowercase T is something that's true for us right now, but it doesn't have to always be true. So like the fact that I'm a life coach is a truth with a lowercase t. Okay. 
that's what I am, but I can decide tomorrow I'm going to be something else and I can claim something different. And so a lot of our stories are either not true at all or true with a lowercase t. (laughs) And so I think a lot of what you're talking about is like the fraud complex, right? Mm -hmm. Just feeling like, who am I to do that? I'm not prepared for that. I'm not an expert in this. I don't know what I'm doing. That might be truth with a lowercase t, but that's something that you can change and you can only change it by doing it. Right, yeah. Right? So if you let yourself get stuck in that place of who am I to do this, I can't do it, you're actually just perpetuating that place of stuckness because the only way that you can get out of it is by actually doing it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a fraud all the time. I think everyone does, right? (laughs) I believe, um, I mean, at least looking at my life, and I'm a Gemini, so I tend to be a little bit fickle and I have the shiny object syndrome. (laughs) But if I look at my life, when I get to a place where I master something, I'm bored with it. I'm moving on to the next thing. Right. So it's almost like I'm in a perpetual state of fraud complex because I'm constantly like on to the next thing that feels right and feels good and that's giving me excitement and curiosity. But I mean, once I really get to that place of mastery, I'm just like, mm, okay, there's nothing else here for me. <laughs> it is. It's totally that. And I, I think it's beautiful, too, in the fact that you are trying it out to see what it feels like versus staying in that dreamlike state of just wondering what yes. it's going to be like, right? Because there's a difference because what often happens is when we look at something and we're like, oh my gosh, that would be so nice to have that we associate ourselves with the feeling that we're going to feel once we Mm -hmm. get that. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. And so once you get there, you're like, hmm, this actually isn't what I was looking for. Or, you know, maybe it's something you were interested in. Or you're like, what's next? What can I, what else can I use to like, like up-level this information or make it click more? What else can I get into? I think we live in an age where there's just so many options also, and that can keep people kind of stuck or limited Mm -hmm. because we can like literally go on the internet and find a hundred different programs for the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you can just like stick with that lowercase t, that truth, and just say, okay, this is what it is for me now. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see what it's like just to give yourself that experience instead of always wondering what it's going to be like to do it and just stopping yourself and not allowing yourself to move forward. Yeah, and what you just said is a huge mindset shift. Mm. Like this is something that I see people work on for a long time is giving yourself permission to experiment. Yeah. Because we have been sold this story in society that you have to pick something and you stick with it, right? Mm, like yes. You, you <laughs> choose your career, you go for it, you work up that ladder, like you stay in that company, like you, you put in your dues, basically. Right. And so we haven't given ourselves permission to just be curious and to experiment with things. Yeah. We think that that's a privilege that we don't have. Right. But that's only because we've boxed ourselves into this story. Right. As if we can't expand and grow. Exactly. So if you're like, oh, I'm so-and-so, I've always been an accountant, but you love to finger paint. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, I'm not allowed to do that because I need to stay focused on work. Or if what often happens is like if it's not something that we feel is productive, then we feel like it's a waste of time, too. Right. Even though taking those moments and doing whatever it is that lights your soul on fire, those creative ventures or learning something new. I don't know. Maybe you've always secretly wanted to be an accountant, but you never did it. 
But that stuff and just like playing and experimenting and just seeing what it's like can also be really healing for us. Absolutely. And I I think it's always dangerous to over-identify with your profession Mm. because that is something that's always a lowercase t, honestly. It's always changing. And if we are really attached and our identity is really wrapped up in that, then it makes it really hard for us to admit if it's just not working for us anymore. Yes. And then we can't make that pivot. And I see this all the time with people who are retiring, you know, who are just maybe working way longer than they should be working or who retire and just completely lose their sense of identity and feel like really depressed, things like that, because they've over-identified so much with their work and they've made that who they are. Mm. When, When in reality, work is just... A privilege. It's something we get to do, but it's not at all who we are. Yeah. Like I get to coach and I love to coach and that's an expression of who I am, but it's not who I am. Right. That's big because it's really easy for us to become stuck. And just going back to what we said earlier, when we want to try something new, then we get into that comparison or whatnot. So I love that. I love that so much. Just releasing those identities, um, Because I know I had to do that when I was a personal trainer and in fitness really big. And when I started to kind of shift away from that, I went through this whole crisis of like, if I don't have fitness or if I'm not teaching or, you know, even getting into the body conversation, if I don't look a certain way, then I can't be a trainer. I was just so wrapped up in this identity of who I thought I should be that when I started to kind of push that stuff away because I needed to for my own personal healing, I needed to just do like the deep soul work. I started to question it, like, am I allowed to do this stuff too and not do that? Is it okay? Because I was just so deep into the fitness conversation that I didn't for a long time give myself permission to just release that. Mm -hmm. And what I found too in the midst of releasing that is I've learned so much more about myself and I know that my relationship to that career or even just fitness in general, it has changed so much and it's so much more healthier because I'm not so attached to that being the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. It's something that I love to do and I, I will have a conversation or I'm, I love to educate on it, even love to help people work out. Like I love it still, but it's not just at all who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was it used to be so bad where people feel like they couldn't have conversations with me unless they were talking about like what they were eating or working out like, <laughs> you know, and so I got to a place where I even started to observe myself and I'm like, hmm, OK. I love and I appreciate that they're coming to me for advice, but I am so much more than this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's so beautiful when we allow ourselves to release. Well, and I think what's underneath that, it's two things. It's the fear of judgment of what other people are going to think mm-hmm. if you pivot, right? Like during those four years of me trying to figure myself out, I did so many different things. Yeah. And every time I did something different, I just judged the hell out of myself. Like, here you go again. Yeah, like everybody (laughs) is going to think that I cannot stick to anything, that I am just so flighty and distracted. No one's going to take me seriously. Mm. Like, seriously, you're changing again. You know, like so much judgment around that based on what other people are going to think about me. Yeah. When at the end of the day, they're not paying my bills, A, and B, they're allowed to think whatever they want to think about me. I can't take that away from them. That is their sovereign right and privilege. Right. But what matters is what I think about me and where I am in my life. And so 
underneath, I think all of that conversation is a, that fear of what people are going to think about us. And then B, you know, when we're over identified with our work, it's because we haven't really dug in to the stuff we were talking about before Mm -hmm. in determining who we really are at our core, like what our values are and just describing ourselves as a soul. Yeah. Even more than even beyond a human, just as a soul at a soul level, who am I? What do I stand for? Why am I here? Girl, that is so good. So, so good. So talk to us about what it means to find yourself and who you are on a soul level. Like, can you take us along that process of how you found yourself? Hmm. Yes. So journaling has always been a huge tool for me. Mm. It's something I just have so many journals full of my writings. <laughs> journal junkie over here. <laughs> um, and I actually have a 21-day journal guide that has a list of prompts that I walked through myself when mm. I was going through this process. And so we can share that with people. But I think it really starts with, you know, the four things that we outlined before about figuring out where we begin. And then I think we need to step out of ourselves a little bit too. So something that I have all my clients do is I have them send a list of questions to the people who are closest to them, close family and friends that know them really well. Mm -hmm. And they're just questions like, what do I bring when I walk into a room? And what can you always count on me for? Things like that, that really will help you get underneath the superficial stuff that we're always worried about when we walk into a room Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and really help you see maybe a little bit more objectively those qualities in you that other people are seeing. Yeah. And so that's a big one, I think. And, um, you know, from there figuring out to the places in your life where you're wearing masks, I think is a big one Mm. because we identify with things that really aren't ourselves because we've been wearing the mask for so long that we, we think it's ours. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. So can you give a, can you give an example of someone's like, that's not really clicking for me? Yes. So for example, I wore the title of perfectionist with pride for so long. And Mm. that was something I identified as, right? Like it's, it can be kind of, I thought of it as a positive thing. You know, like my perfectionism is what makes me successful. It's what drives me. It's what gives me, you know, the things that I want in life. And so I really attach my identity with that. But when I really took a look at that, at that identity of perfectionist, I took a look underneath it and I was like, okay, where is this coming from? What is driving it? Mm-hmm. And I was being driven by fear. It was fear of failure. It was fear of people not liking me. It was fear of not living up to people's expectations. It was fear of not living up to my own expectations, really. Yeah. And so that really wasn't mine to claim. That was something that I was using to sort of to patch justify, up. <laughs> yeah, to justify your behaviors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to patch up those things that I didn't want to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, my goodness, okay. <laughs> I keep <laughs> saying, like, Mandy is dropping some major knowledge. I, I feel like everyone <laughs> needs a full notebook for this episode. But <laughs> Get I your journals that. out. I love that so much. So what we'll do is we'll link the journal guide because I think that's going to be something super impactful for people listening And it's a beautiful starting point for them to just really get to know who they are. It is. And don't be intimidated by it either. I think some people think that 
they don't know how to journal or they don't have time or that it's not for them. But it can honestly just be like five minutes of free writing. And I've even told people before too, like even if you don't journal at all, just having the prompt to think about and just have ideas come up during the day, if you give your mind something to think about, it's going to be searching for information. Yeah. So even if you just read the prompt in the morning and just think about it during the day, I'm sure that you're going to come up with some more insights by the evening. So it, don't let the whole journaling part scare you either. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And even if it's something that you don't want to sit down and write, I mean, we have access to so much, so many things. Like if you want to even do a voice note on your phone, yes. just as those ideas come to you, I think it would be a great practice to like express them in some way instead mm-hmm. of keeping them trapped. Cause what will happen is it'll pop up and you'll get that like hit of information, but then, you know, work might call you or your kids might call you. And so it might kind of like show up and then disappear. So if you can, if you do have a moment to either write it down or do a voice note or text it to someone who, who feels safe to you, anything to kind of just get it out of your system, I think that would be beautiful too. What do you think about that? Yeah, I 100% agree with that because, you know, even if journaling isn't your thing, a lot of people are just more vocal about stuff. So I often have clients who will just record it as a voice memo or, you know, you don't even have to have a fancy journal. Just have a piece of paper or post it. Like you need to get that stuff out of you because the more that you suppress things, the more frustration and pain it creates. Like things have to come up and out because our default is to suppress. And so even just making that tiny little shift of, you know, writing down what you feel. Like a lot of days my journal practice is literally just in the morning waking up and saying, I feel X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I'll explore those feelings a little bit. But that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be anything again, like going back to like what spirituality is, it doesn't have to be anything mind blowing or like (laughs) earth shattering or anything. Just like I feel pissed off right now. Mm -hmm. And here's why I feel pissed off. Just let it out. Yeah. Because the more that you keep that in, it's just going to create more problems for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. But yeah, that's what I do. I write things out and I love the free writing too, because there's no agenda. I don't need to Like, I don't need to focus on anything. I kind of just wake up and I write what's on my heart. And then from that place, I get to survey that and be like, okay, what do I care about right now in this moment? And I feel like that's a beautiful connector for me personally, Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's like no time limit or it's not an obligation either. Like if I wake up and I'm like, hmm, I feel like free writing, then I'll do that and just explore what comes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Cause it just creates space for something to come through that maybe you weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. And especially when we're really honest and we allow the things to come through that we don't, like we're not super proud of sharing or super proud of admitting or even the things that we don't feel safe talking to people about, like we can still write those things out. And that alone can create healing too because it gives us awareness of where we're at and what we, the parts of us that we don't particularly enjoy or the parts of us that, we want to ignore because those are our shadow sides and those are the sides that we like to stuff and like I'm great at X, 
Y, and Z. And yeah, I do this too, but I don't have to worry about that. It's like, no, you, you actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because just going back to what you said before, like that whole idea of wholeness, right? We can't be whole if we can't acknowledge the parts of ourselves that we aren't particularly proud of, mm-hmm. or we aren't particularly happy about, or maybe there's deep seated trauma there that we like, we're afraid to explore. Right. And so if you are journaling and, and that stuff comes up, let it come up, of course, like keep it private, keep it locked away so that no other eyes are on it, but allow it to come through. Cause I think from that place, it just creates that awareness so that you can connect deeper to yourself. And then you can create, I don't want to say a plan of action because that sounds so like boxy, but at least you know what's up and you know what needs to be addressed. Yeah. It's part of that permission, right? The reclaiming permission to feel, permission to claim everything in your space. Emotions are part of that. Yeah. But like, let's talk about what you just talked about a second ago, which is honesty. Yeah. I think honesty is something that we often skim over, especially in this whole like personal development world. Yeah. But honesty is hard. I don't think we've been taught as humans how a how to be honest or how to be honest in a safe way. Like there's so many people I know who can't be honest with themselves, don't want to be honest with other people because they've always been told that they can't be. Yeah. Right? Like we grew up in houses where it's like Mm-mm, you don't really think that, do you? That's not really who you are. Like yeah. you just you just be seen and not heard. Right, right. <laughs> or like don't say that you're going to ruffle people's feathers. We we silence ourselves so much that we can't be honest often. And it's really a practice of us just sort of leaning into that and letting ourselves sort of open up slowly into this new state of honesty even with ourselves. Yeah even with ourselves, because like you said, it's those bits of ourselves that we don't like that we have the hardest time being honest about, but it is what is the most necessary for us to be honest about Yeah, because that is what makes you vulnerable, right? Like going back to this idea of sovereignty, if you are in ownership of everything in your space, people can't take you out. Yeah. Right. People cannot throw a hurl and insult or, you know, say some s- stuff to you and make you feel less than. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no, no, I know. I already claimed that. Yeah. You know, that's that's part of this. Okay. <laughs> like, that's part of the mess. I am a mess and a masterpiece. You can declare that. You know, you don't have to be one or the other. Right. You can be everything at the same time. And the more you claim your shit, the more bulletproof you are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just pulling on this thread, when we are honest and we get to know ourselves, that's where we can set boundaries too Mm -hmm. with other people. And I know that you're big on boundaries Mm -hmm. and and teaching people about that. Cause you're right. If someone tries to come to us with something, you're like, yes, that might be who I am or who I was in the past, in the past. And now this is who I am. And you get to kind of put up that wall, not like a proverbial wall, but like you can say yes. And like, this is me now. Right. Or these. Yeah, I know that. So what? And that alone, like you said, it gives you so much power and it takes their power away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think honesty truly is liberating. Mm-hmm. When we're it's hard honest as with hell, ourselves, but it's- yeah. And being honest with other people, it liberates us because there's nothing lurking in the shadows. We're not worried about anyone opening the closet and yeah. finding the skeletons. Right. <laughs> like we have cleaned up our space. Yeah. Yes, girl. Absolutely. 
This has been such a beautiful conversation. And I just want to ask you, you know, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? What do you think that people can take away from this episode? What do you, what else do you, is there anything else that you want to share on your heart? Yes. So we have touched on a lot of things today. We've gone sort of all over the map, but I think what's important about doing this work around reclaiming your edges, really grounding into who you are, how you identify yourself, you know, how you create sovereignty in your life. It's important because it helps you to not only love and serve yourself better, but to love and serve others better. Because our gift in this world is us being as 100% authentically us as possible. Right. And like sharing those gifts that are just innate with us without abandon. Because the more we hold back on the things that light us up and the things that we do well and the more that we stifle them and shut them down, we are doing a disservice to other people. We're actually taking away the privilege of them learning and growing and benefiting from us. So we need to be able to stand in who we are and claim everything we are so that we can serve from the overflow. Because the biggest problem that I see happening, especially with women... The like big givers, the big nurturers, you know, I was one of these people. I served from a place of sacrifice Mm. and I served from a, because I thought that that's what I had to do to be a good person. Right. This is just what you do. This is what women do. (laughs) Exactly. Like if I'm not, if I'm not giving of myself, if I'm not making this sacrifice, if I'm not doing this, then I'm selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a jerk, but that only leads to frustration, to burnout to resentment, to getting angry at people and just not feeling good in your life. And that kind of approach can actually kill your passions. Yeah. If I continued to serve as a coach from a place of self-sacrifice, I would end up hating being a coach. Right. And coaching, I truly believe, is one of my callings and one of my gifts and something that I'm really here to do. But if I'm not coming from a place of overflow and joy and love and doing it because my spirit is overflowing then I'm not serving anybody. Yeah, I'm just creating more chaos and I'm definitely not serving myself. And so all of this is important. The claiming of ourselves is important. The grounding into ourselves is important because we need to be fueling ourselves and digging into that so that we can give to others from that place of overflow. Because when we're not feeling worthy, when we feel like we have something to prove, that's what leads to the burnout, the resentment, all those problems that we see all the time in people. And that's what steals the world from your gifts. Gosh, this episode is so good. I love it so much. Like I I keep going back to just like us really defining where we're going to begin and us giving ourselves permission because I think as we are, when we're growing up as kids, all of that stuff is stripped from us. So now we have to really parent ourselves and give Mm -hmm. ourselves that permission to really fully own our spaces and express and be who we are. And that's where that healing is. And is it always something that's fun and exciting? Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. And if anybody tells you it is, they are straight up lying to your face. (laughs) But it's, it's a part of the experience. So, you know, I think one other little piece that we didn't mention before is expectations. Um, I think that's something that's really important in this conversation too, because we need to be checking 
the expectations we have of ourselves regularly, Mm. as well as the expectations that we feel like other people have of us. Mm -hmm. Because I think expectations drive so much of how we feel and how we allow ourselves to feel and the choices that we make. And so if we're going to take ownership over our choices and ownership over how we feel, then we need to be really clear about what the expectation is of ourselves and who else we're catering to. Yeah. And really be able to decide and put our foot down, you know, am I going to go with that expectation or am I going to choose something different? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So because we talked about so much and we're going to put the 21 day prompt in the show notes for people to listen to. What do you think people should like, aside from the 21 day prompt, a uh, 21 day journaling prompt, what else do you think they should do? Cause we gave a, a ton of tools, right? Mm-hmm. We've got expectation. We've got like allowing ourselves to just like dream and mm-hmm. really exploring that sides of ourselves. Um, we've got like, like, looking at the identities that we've clung on to, like we've, we've got a lot going on here. So where do you recommend people to start? I mean, I, I feel like this is going to be an episode for people to listen to over and over and over again and just take what applies for them in the moment away, the practice that they want to choose in the moment. Um, but as far as like a starting place, can you just go back to like where, where someone should start? Yes. I think you need to start with your values always. Okay. Because, if we're not living our life in alignment with our values, we're always going to be creating frustration. Mm. So we need to always start with that. What are the things that I stand for and how am I living for those? Okay. And then just take a holistic look at your life and see, okay, am I borrowing other people's values in any of the other areas? Like if there's frustration or anger or just things in your life that aren't clicking, peel it all the way down to the values thing. Like, is this something that's not in alignment with my values? And if these are my values and they're not like being actually lived and integrated into my life, then what can I do? What are the small changes I can make to start to shift that? And I think just starting at that, that is super foundational. Okay. And there's so much room to grow from there. Okay. I love that. Because for me too, it sounds like when you get really clear on your values and you get clear on where the disconnect is, once you have that established and you've worked within that, then you can go into where you are operating out of other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what it sounds exactly. like to me. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Because once you claim your values, then you see where other, where things are in your life that don't fit. Okay. That don't fit in that paradigm. It's like, oh, that's the weird piece of the puzzle that just isn't even the same color. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, this episode has been so beautiful and so valuable. And I just thank you so much for being here with me today and for coming onto the show. And so of course I want to share you with the world. So if you could just tell people where they can find you. Yes. So I love Instagram the most right now. (laughs) And my Instagram is mandy.shock, S-H-O-C-K. Because Shakatano just got crazy and complicated to try and <laughs> spell out for people. Um, and my website is mandyshakatano.com. And over there, I'm always updating with events. Right now, speaking of values, one of my main values is intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing is around cultivating communities. So I'm doing a lot of in-person events and retreats and things like that to just create more intimacy 
not just between me and other people, but helping communities come together and just see one another at a more authentic level and just creating space for people to be 100% real. Yeah. So all of that is up on my website on the events tab. And that's what I'm hot on right now. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Mandy's retreat is coming up and yeah. it's going to be so beautiful. I'm so excited. <laughs> Palm Springs in October is literally paradise. It's so amazing. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, we will link all the things. You guys, I love Mandy with my heart and soul. And for those of you who know me, you know I only bring people into my space who I truly, truly adore and care about. Um, because I'm just really picky with my energy. You just have boundaries, girl. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very, very boundaried and very, very selective. So just know that, you know, if you are into the show, if you're into the things that I'm talking about, just know that the people that I have here, I really, truly believe in. And I think that they're people you should work with. So I definitely recommend for you to check Mandy out on Instagram, check out her website, check out all the live, the offerings that she has and definitely connect with her because she's someone who is super duper knowledgeable. She's a great, she's a kick ass coach. Mandy is such a great coach. Um, she she's over here (laughs) (laughs) she's amazed she's just an amazing person to know and an even more amazing person to work with so i definitely recommend her so thank you so much mandy i appreciate you thank you i received that that feels so good and i feel the same way about you just every time we get together i just feel so inspired and seen and supported and loved for who i am so thank you for putting all of that energy out in the world oh thanks girl (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone well thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the everyday intentions podcast we will catch you for another episode next time take care now as promised here go the bloopers i almost spit out my water I was trying so hard to ignore it. Then when the friend called and... Uh, okay. <laughs> oh. Mama bear. Mm-hmm. You gotta run up on him. <laughs> okay, so... What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just waiting for you to stop. I swallowed a piece I, of dust. I thought you were gonna burp. <laughs> This is so appropriate. <laughs> oh, I, I could create a whole bloopers episode. <laughs> you probably should. But like, this is what we really talked about. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> Just puking in the floor. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I'm creating. I lost my chain of thought. <laughs>